Welcome to the Trad Dads Podcast, where we examine cultural and political issues through the lens of traditional thought. All right, so today I want to talk about Trent Horn's upcoming book on socialism. So he has uh, just re- released it for the pre-release, so you can go on Amazon and, and uh, pre-order it. And I've pre-ordered it, and, I, and I'm going to do a full review on it when it comes out. But I want to kind of do a little preview because he has also, in the in the recent past, done some talks on the book. And I'm going to be covering uh, kind of my notes on a podcast he did um, where he basically just replayed his uh, speech at uh, Benedictine College uh, here in Kansas. So what I want to do is, <clears throat> so I, I have a few notes on what I... Uh, kind of got out of his speech and what I think he um, gets right and, and some of the things that I think he underemphasizes or misunderstands to some extent or another. Um, and so just to kind of set the stage here, so he, he has written a book with uh, a professor at Catholic University of, Mer- of America who's uh, she's a, a Harvard-trained economist. And it, and it seems like, you know, it, that his role in, in the project was to kind of put some kind of theological frame um, into the book. And the book is called, um, you know, Why Catholics Can't Be Socialist, uh, something like that. Uh, so the idea is that, you know, well, all this, you know, socialism talk is really popular these days. And you got Bernie Sanders and you got, uh, you know, some of these other politicians that are pushing democratic socialism or socialism with ice cream or whatever. Right. What he wants to do is go through in this in this short talk, he goes through and kind of talks about, you know, just the book and, and economics. He, he, he kind of s- tries to stick away from the economics part of it, but he does say a few things, which uh, none of which I think he gets, you know, totally wrong in terms of, uh, you know, misrepresenting the arguments that are probably in the book. Um, but what, what I want to, um, uh, anyway, I, I'm going to break down a couple of his arguments, and I'm going to kind of uh, point out a few things that are that are missing that you would think would be in a book, a Catholic book about economics. Um, so he's he he doesn't really uh so, so okay so he, he goes through and he talks about like okay well what is socialism you know socialism isn't you know entitlement benefits and uh you know social security programs and stuff like that it's something much uh, more serious it's you know the the uh the government controlling the means of production and you know, uh, and then, you know, maybe some redistribution and stuff like that. But the essence of it is that, you know, the government owns some means of production and that's, you know, fine. Um, and in fact, that's probably a, uh, a, probably a good thing for him to say, because there are quite a few people who, um, will just call anyone who is not, you know, a Milton Friedman capitalist, a socialist, right? So he's not, um, he's not buying into the silly dichotomy that you get from a lot of people. So that's good. Um, he he talks about um, there being kind of this spectrum of thought, right? So he 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 doesn't um, he, he at least pays lip service to the idea that there's not this false dichotomy between capitalism and socialism. But the problem is, I think that he kind of ends up falling back on it anyway. Um, and so he basically says, you know, private enterprise. You know, how how, how much do you rely on private enterprise? Um, you know, and, and so the, of course the question is, is, you know, how much regulation will you tolerate? Not, not, um, 
you know, welfare benefits and stuff like that are a separate thing from, um, you know, regular regulatory issues, right? Those aren't the same kinds of things. And, and he, so he appeals to the, the heritage, heritage, um, heritage foundations, uh, economic freedom index, which, uh, you know, I don't know. I think, um, I think the, the one from Canada is a little better, but, essentially the heritage freedom index kind of talks about, uh, you know, essentially what it is, is it's like a lack of regulation, right? So the less regulation, um, and and a few other things like maybe stability of monetary policy and stuff like that. But in general, it's like the less regulation your country has, the the more economically free it is. Um, and, and I just, uh, I think that's kind of a weird way for a Catholic to define this, this sort of thing. Right. Um, he goes through a little bit of things like rerum novarum and, and Catholic social teaching, but it's, it's sort of weird because, you know, he, he only cites the parts of rerum novarum that, that explicitly discuss things like property rights and, you know, the evil of socialism, right? He doesn't go any farther than that to talk about like what would be a positive case for, you know, a Catholic regulatory regime. Like what would, if, if, if Catholicism said, you know, if, if Catholic moral um, theology was applied to, you know, a regulatory system, what would it look like? Well, he doesn't talk about that. Um, he, he doesn't, he, he just basically says, okay, well you, you, if you're Catholic, you can't be a socialist. Therefore, uh, you know, you have to be, um, I don't know, some kind of weird neocon, um, you know, establishment Republican who thinks that, you know, uh, certain social programs are okay, but uh, but that's it, right? No reg- no regulatory stuff. So um, there's there is no cohesion, right? There's no um, there's no. I mean, we 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 could we could talk all day about you know criticisms of these these economic freedom indices from a Catholic perspective, but he doesn't say a single word about it. Um, so he goes on to talk about you know like really simple examples. So he's trying to lay out. Um, you know, his case for these college kids. Right. And so he says, uh, you know, he talks about like, um, difficult jobs, right? So under socialism, you know, how would you, um, uh, how, how would you, uh, how would you decide who had to do the tough jobs? Right. And, and so of course, you know, he goes to Marx and, you know, obviously Marx's, you know, solutions to these problems are all just like lunacy, but, He's like, well, you know, you can't, um, uh, you know, since you can't have, you know, monetary incentives for pay, then, you know, you, uh, you know, you, you would just have no way of, of convincing people to do these tough jobs. And, you know, Marx is saying, well, you know, maybe people will just take turns, you know, or something like that. And then you get to this new socialist man kind of thing where, you know, that's just not how people are. Um, but, you know, so it's funny, like he talks about wages, but he doesn't talk about any role for the, the state to you know, put some kind of bounds around wages, right? There's not even, there's not even any kind of discussion of, um, you know, any movement away from just pure, you know, capitalist, uh, you know, kind of, you know, the market determines the wage, right? And of course, there's tons of discussion in the social encyclicals about wages and, uh, you know, the morality of, of employers and what their duties are to their employees, and all that stuff. And he just doesn't say a single thing about it. And you would think, right, that, okay, he's giving a talk. Maybe he's not going to talk too much about, you know, the, um, maybe he's not going to talk too much about the economics explicitly. But he, it, you would think at the very least, he would, 
he would really focus a lot on the 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 the, the moral stuff, right? The the, the the theological points, but he doesn't. He doesn't say anything about it uh, when it comes to this wage discussion. Um, you know, so he 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 slips into this false uh, dichotomy again, right? This this bo- this binary choice between central planning and you know the market. And that's it, right? Those are the only two options. He doesn't acknowledge that there's some kind of role, uh, you know, that, that the social encyclicals lay out for, um, you know, pay. And, and there's several, I have several episodes discussing this kind of stuff. So you can go back and, and look through and, um, you know, pick what you like. But I've, I've discussed wage stuff several times. Um, it's, it's kind of, um, it's also interesting too, I think, that he doesn't address um, poverty of spirit, right? He doesn't, he just, he, he doesn't address anything related to, um, you know, well, okay, let me put it this way. Sure. We, we can all agree that, uh, you know, market systems are good at creating products, but again, does the church have anything to say about, you know, how we should value those products versus how we should, um, you know, maybe tolerate a reduction in GDP per capita or something like that so that we can, uh, you know, have more social cohesion or we can have, um, you know, more of a more leisure time or more of a focus on, uh, you know, spiritual things and stuff like that. Um, why is there no discussion of that? It's so weird. You would think, again, we're, we're, we're listening to a theologian tell us about, uh, you know, um, the Catholic Catholic perspective on you know these economic systems. Well, why is there no acknowledgement of you know? Well, yeah, it's sure the markets you know will generate all the the stuff you want, but you know we, we should also think about the fact that you know we don't you know stuff isn't everything, right? Well, there's 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 not even not even a, a five second commentary on that in his whole speech, this whole hour long speech, and to me that's just so bizarre. I don't understand that. Um, of course, anytime. Yeah. Of course. Okay. So, you know, you might defend him and say, well, he's just criticizing socialism. Yeah, sure. But see, this is the problem, right? People, people will not, um, if you don't give them somewhere else to go, then your arguments are automatically weak, right? You can critique the, you know, the perspective on a certain system, but unless you kind of Unless you help them understand, you know, help people understand what the alternative is or, okay, well, you know, the socialists, you know, claim that they're worried about, you know, people not having enough money or, or whatever, right? Well, are you worried about that? Are you concerned about that? You know, uh, are you concerned about, you know, uh, people getting a just wage, right? What does a just wage mean to you, right? So, I mean, here's the socialists telling me what they think a just wage is. Well, you're just critiquing them. You're not providing an alternative. And so to me, you know, this is very weak. Um, there, there's just not, there's just not enough there in terms of, um, you know, you know, substance, right. Positive substance. Now, of course. Okay. Yeah. He's got an hour, uh, to give this discussion. Fine. Um, you know, maybe there's something missing and, and that's why I'm going to read the book and I think I'm going to give him a fair shake. You know, I think I owe him that, but it just seems weird that, in this hour long talk, you can't at least for five minutes talk about, you know, the, the Catholic perspective in a positive sense, not just in a, in a critique of socialism sense, but in a, what should things look like sense. Right. Um, 
And and I so the last thing I want to comment on is is at the very end of the speech he he mentions he he kind of gives a passing mention to the idea that like well okay you know Catholic morality is is where is you know what we should be um, you know looking at to to determine whether our behavior is uh, you know our economic behavior our economic our, our laws and regulations are just right but it's kind of interesting that he uses sort of the rhetoric of the the economics profession right and he says well you know here's the thing there's a distinction between you know economics it's a science it's like physics it's like chemistry right and and we you know as as moral theologians right we can't talk anything about you know the this this science we got to leave the science all on its own um and to ter- determine how to generate wealth right I mean, this is just absolutely ridiculous. You know, economics is in no way like chemistry or physics. Absolutely not. The, the subject of economics is a thinking, living human person. And there, there, just, there is no way to divorce economics enough from morality to the point where you could call it, uh, you know, anything like a science in the sense that physics and chemistry are sciences. You know, this is the this is the classic mistake of the uh, sort of neoclassical economists, and it's just hogwash because you, there's there's th- this is the mistake that you make, and then the second you say this, the second you admit uh, or or you claim, you know, that economics should be left alone as a science to do what it wants, right? Well, you've lost any ability to discuss the morality of the means by which these economists are telling you, uh, you know, to, to get what you want. Right. So, you know, typically the framing of this goes like, well, you know, we can, we should listen to moral authorities about, um, you know, it's it's sort of a T loss thing. Like we should listen to, um, you know, these moral authorities about the ends, like what should we seek? What, what should we try to do? But, we should listen to economics only when we hear about means. Like, how do we achieve that? How do we achieve, uh, you know, more wealth for society? Or how do we achieve, um, you know, uh, 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 a certain distribution of wealth or whatever, right? Whatever the goal is. Well, those means are moral too. So this idea that, you know, economics is just a science separated from the, the ethics and the morality of things is very dangerous, it's a very dangerous idea because what, what you end up with then is you've allowed, you know, the people, the, the policymakers or, or the, those who the policy affects, right? You've allowed them to skirt the moral implications of the means of, you know, getting to these certain goals. Well, then it's not too big of a jump for them to just say, well, in that case, you know, we're going to help. We're going to take a little bit more charge in determining what the goals are too, right? It's like you're sort of like you give them an inch and they take a mile. So, I don't, I don't buy that. Um, you know that that you know economics is some kind of science. Uh, I mean, no one would say that about uh, anthropology or sociology or anything like that because those those professions have not uh, turned into uh, you know pretend mathematics, right? Uh, or pretend applied math. And so they don't have this silly veneer of, you know, sort of scientific respectability. Um, everybody understands that those soft sciences or those social sciences are different in, 
significant ways from chemistry and physics, right? And it's the same with economics. Uh, it's absolutely the same thing. And anyone who tells you different is is likely trying to um, uh, trying to divorce your uh, moral and ethical instincts from policy um, and, and to sort of impose a kind of uh, moral relativism into economic policy. And I just think that's a bad idea. So, you know, Trent, uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of his apologetics. I think when he sticks in his own um, area, he does just fine you know, bioethics or, um, just general apologetics against atheists or, or Protestants or, uh, you know, Orthodox or whatever, I think he does a fine job, but I just, I wonder what his role in this book is. If it, you know, because from this talk, essentially the, the, you know, the book is just rehashing, um, you know, Milton Friedman's discussions from 1985, um, you know, with a with with the word Catholic on the front, I, I just I don't. You know, we'll see when the book comes out. But if this speech is supposed to be some kind of indication of the book, uh, you know, I'm I don't have a lot of hope. So, but like I said, I will. Uh, I'm going to write up a review, and then I'll um, I'll kind of talk through my review uh, once I get a hold of the book. So thanks for listening, and I. Uh, appreciate uh, those of you who are uh, donating or um, if you want to support the podcast without any kind of monetary donation on your own part uh, if you're currently listening on youtube um, swap over to the podcast version uh, the podcast downloads because i get uh, i get a little ad kick for um, uh, for downloads in on the podcast format so um, you can also go through anchor.fm, uh, which is now owned by Spotify. So there's some security in the, in the payment structure and all that stuff. Um, and you can become a monthly supporter. So uh, if you want to do that, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. So anyway, thanks, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Trad Dads podcast. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and consider giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. It really helps us out.